Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. I guess I'm not going to preach my message. I don't know. I'm just going to just stay here. You got time? (laughs) Well, you know, uh, I'd like to help out doing this or doing that. What can I do? Well, uh, how about doing this? Well, I didn't really have that in mind. I'd like to do something else. Well, how about doing this? Well, I didn't really have that in mind. Well, what would you like to do? Well, I'd like to do this. Well, we don't really need that. See, talking to somebody in charge of something. Well, we don't really need that. Why don't you do this? Well, no, if I can't do this, I'm not coming back to this church anymore. <laughs> oh, it's sad, but it's true, my brother and my sister. If I can't do this, I'm not coming back to this church anymore. See, the enemy would use things like that to get a hold of people's minds, to distort their minds to make them think wrong, to get them out of the realm of love, to have them drop out of the realm of love to a lower realm of life, the life of the suke, natural human life, to get them to focus in on the faults and the failures and, uh, you know, make them just take a back seat then and just begin to sit back and observe and watch and find out where all the faults and failures are, to set them up as a critic. I've had people say, well, I'd like for you to change the way things are being done in the Sunday school program, the children's church program. And as much as love as you've got inside you, you have to share with that individual, well, I'm sorry, we just can't change things. We're not going to do things that way. And I mean to tell you, they get mad and I mean to tell you, just upset and mad because you say we have to do it this way. And right away, they walk out of love. And they get offended. I'm not going back to that church anymore. Why? I offered a suggestion to do this or do that, and they didn't listen to me. Well, that doesn't mean that your suggestion wasn't taken into consideration. All it means is is that uh, you may not know some things that we know. That's all. And uh, we may have a little bit more insight as to what's going to work and what's not going to work. That's all. But you see, it's the enemy that would have you to get offended at that and get upset at that and begin to walk out of love and walk away and say, well, I'm not going back. Yet they've learned so much revelation, knowledge. Yet they've learned how to be free from the torments of the enemy. And the devil set him up just to point out one thing. I tell you what, if you want to find fault with anybody or anything, all you've got to do is just to be around somebody for about five minutes. Anybody here that doesn't have a fault stand? <laughs> I don't have a chair. <laughs> you couldn't tell if I was sitting or standing anyhow, could you? <laughs> I got a sense of humor, too. <laughs> but everybody has faults. Everyone has failures. I mean, everyone's going to miss the mark. But you know what? What decision are we going to make? You're going to walk in that realm of, of, of criticism and that realm of being judgmental about things? Or are you going to walk in the realm of, of love and, and, 
and get back to what God said about love and say, I know no man after the flesh. See, many churches, my brother and my sister, I cannot tell you how many churches have fallen apart in the body of Christ over the last year in particular because of criticisms, because of judgmental spirits uh, being developed in the lives of people, pointing out every flaw, every fault, you know, and it's the work of the enemy. It's the only way that Satan can bring destruction to a body of believers where there's unity is to cause division among them. See, when the body of Christ in Acts chapter 4 was walking together in, in unity and harmony and love with a giving and a sharing spirit, the Bible says there was great grace upon them and with great power gave they witness to the resurrection of Jesus. See, that's what happens. So he realizes that he cannot overthrow a body of believers who are walking together in harmony, unity, and in love. doesn't mean that they're perfect in the flesh. It means they have the same heart attitude and the same mind. They want the same things. Their goals are the same. They want to achieve the best, all that God has for them. They want to experience, you know, among themselves. So they give of themselves and they dedicate themselves to walking in the agape love of God. So the enemy realizes, if I could just undermine the work of God by bringing division through strife, through envy, then he says, I can cause that body of believers to fall apart from within. And I can bring destruction. And so, of course, he devises his plan, sets it in motion, sets the bait, so to speak. And it's sad to say, but many have taken the bait. Now, of course, nobody here has done that, have they? I'll be honest with you. I, I will be honest with you. I'm thankful to my God because I believe that through that period of time when, when it was prophesied that many would fall, that many would be destroyed, and many of the work of God would be destroyed, that we've come out uh, unscathed. Oh, we've had our tests. Oh, we've had our trials. But I believe that because many of us, if not all of us, have heard the love walk. We have heard the word of faith. We recognize that we know no man after the flesh. We have dealt with the problems. We have dealt with the situations according unto the Word of God. And we've allowed love to prevail. And we've not fallen back into a lower realm of life. The life of the suitcase. The life of selfishness. Wanting what I want. Having the, you know, what I want to be done. And I believe that because each and every one of us have been exposed to the love of God and have made the decision, the dedication to walk in that love. Listen, beloved. There are many situations you can be in that that will back you into a corner that it seems like there's just no right decision that could be made, no right choice. You know, and I find myself there many times you're in a position or in a place that no matter what you say, you're going to have people mad all around you. How do you like to be there? Now, you who are in business, you realize that. I like to see some of those uh, young ladies that work at the cash register in business, you know. Well, the customer is always right. Oh, they got that pretty smile on their face and on the inside they're frowning. They're frowning. Because if they let it out really from on the inside, they'd be upset with you. They'd be mad at what's going on. But you see, they've got to sit back there and not get upset about things. Wouldn't they? They wouldn't let it out. But see, they're, they're, they're taught that they shouldn't let it out. They're put in a difficult situation. Because if they speak their mind, the boss is going to be mad at them. See? Going to get mad because you're ruining business. But then again, they know that they're right and this, this customer's wrong and they just can't say a word. They're in a difficult situation. They begin to sweat. It's a decision as to whether or not I'm going to let my emotions control me or not. 
But you see, they realize they can't do that. You know, we're the same way. We're the same way. You see something going wrong, and you know it shouldn't be going on. You have to make a decision. Will I allow my emotions to control my life? Will I allow eyes of criticism to control my life? Will I allow a judgmental spirit to develop within me and only see that which is, is wrong and that which is bad, the, the 1%, the 2%, the 3%, and neglect all the 99%? Think about it. See, you're backed into a situation. You have to make a decision. S same way with anyone. It's just a tough place to be in. You've got to make a decision, but you know the decision that you make is going to affect someone in a positive way, someone in a negative way. See, we're, that's what our Christian life is all about. You know, I've learned to do this. We just got to stay as close to the Word as we can. We just got to look to what the Word of God says and let love just drip from us. I mean, just let the love of God overwhelm us. Let the love of God rise up within us. Let's get ourselves so filled with and full of the love of God that we just push criticism out of our lives and just jealousy and envy and all that stuff. Push it out of our lives and let our eyes just fl flow with the compassion of God. See people as they really are, born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, my brother and my sister. And my goodness, I'm going to do everything in my power, in everything in my strength, everything in my ability to walk in harmonious love with one another in the body of Christ. And I refuse to look at the things that, that, that are bad. I, ref, I refuse to do that. I refuse to see evil. But I only see the best and the good things inside the life of my brother and my sister. See, many have not done that. They've refused to do that. And they got snared by the enemy. Destroyed the work of God in many places. Why? Because they've not walked in love. They've not yielded to love. They've not allowed love to prevail in their lives. And the Lord's been speaking to my heart. And I've been wanting to get to that direction. It seems like we're starting here tonight. I just want each one to provoke one another to love. Like we've never done before. Because you see, that's where our strength is. Provoking one another to love like we've never done before. Get on back to what faith has spoken and said, that love never fails. And although the enemy has tried our faith, we can say we've come through it and our faith is as refined gold. Praise God, I know that love never faileth. Therefore, I do endure long. I am patient. I am kind. I'm never envious. I believe the best about every person. I'm not falling from the realm of love. I'm going to make the realm of love my home. I'm going to practice agape love like I've never practiced agape love before. And I'm going to let forgiveness flow out of my spirit. And we're going to put up a shield so powerful, so mighty, and so strong round about us that the powers of darkness, that any attempt that they have to come to destroy the work of God, those missiles will be put out. Those fiery missiles will be quenched by the love that is working because of our faith. Faith working because of love. Hand in hand working together to keep the powers of darkness away. Amen? Praise God. But you see, we can't ignore this. We can't neglect this. How many of you have reviewed the prophecies? How many of you have seen and followed what was happening, what was going on? Thinking, well, it's just these, it's just those. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. For those who have fallen, for those who have missed the mark, we should pray. We should pray for restoration in the body of Christ. And that's why the Lord led me to preach uh, humility for such a long period of time. That, and that's all I talked about, humility, humble yourself before God. Because, you see, that's exactly what's going to bring restoration, is humility. Humbling ourselves before God. 
humbling ourselves before God. Not humbling one another, humbling ourselves before God. I humble myself before God. I've fallen from that, from the heights of love. I've fallen from the heights of love. What do you mean the heights of love? I always used to believe the best about every person. Now I believe every wrong thing someone says. Don't even question it. I just believe it's wrong. I just believe it's true. Someone says wrong, something wrong about somebody or somebody did this, somebody did that. I don't even question it. I just believe it. See, fallen from that realm of love. I take no account of the evil done to me. I pay no attention to a suffered wrong. Somebody did a little bit of something here and immediately you, you took offense at it. Immediately you paid attention to it. See, fallen from that realm of love. Fallen to a, a lower realm of life. A lower realm of living. See, the Father's saying, I want my people elevated once again back up to that realm of agape love, divine love, where love once again reigns supreme within their lives and within their hearts. And they begin to practice. Anybody here uh, play sports? Any kind of sports? Raise your hand if you play sports. Anybody here in gymnastics or anything like that? Or you've got children in gymnastics or anything like that? You know, whatever. Well, you know as well as I do that you've got to practice. Anybody here play musical instruments? Anyone play a musical instrument at all? Raise your hand if you do. Don't you have to practice? What happens if you don't practice? That's one way of saying it. What happens if you don't practice? Anybody here pitch horseshoes? <laughs> what happens if you don't practice? I, I know about you, but... I, I know one day I was I was in the mill working, and oh, you know when you're when you're uh, about 24 years old, and and you know you're up in that mill crane for about three years, and the guys get together and they say, well, Saturday we're going to go out and have a football game, and all you think about is you just uh, you know you played football on the team, and you've always been in good shape, so a bunch of mill workers are going to go out there and play. What harm could could there be? <laughs> Play tackle. Well, you know, your mind's thinking you're still 18. But you haven't practiced for a while. And the muscles, your body, your muscles just don't want to respond like they used to respond. Not because they can't, but because you haven't exercised, because you haven't practiced. And you get out there. I got out there. I got out there and I did, you know, just like everyone else did. But I want you to know the next morning I found out what I didn't practice with. I found out what muscles I did not use. I found out every muscle that I had and some I didn't know that I had and some I didn't, I wish I didn't have because it was hard to even walk the next day. Actually, it was hard to talk, hard to do anything the next day because of being all bruised and, and, and stretching out your muscles. You know, you shouldn't do that. You should practice. It doesn't matter what it is. If you don't practice, you're going to get stale. If you don't practice, you see, it's going to take a while to get back into shape. And that's what he's saying. The church has come through this period of testing. The, spirit of, the church has come through this period of, of trying, the trying of their faith in the area of the love walk, in the area of the faith walk. And many, I mean to tell you, my brother and my sister, many have had their faith tried and they've walked away and they've said that faith doesn't work. They've said that love and the faith walk and all this business is just something that's just a fad that came along and it doesn't work. I don't know about you, but I'm still standing here and I'll say it and I'll proclaim it from the mountaintops that faith in God's Word works. And I will say that love never fails. And all we've got to do is to continue practicing it so that we can be perfected in it. And we could put the enemy where it belongs beneath our feet and let him know that we can have love and faith 
prevailing in our lives and unity brought to our body and He cannot come in and undermine the work of God and bring division no matter how hard He tries because we've got the wisdom of God and the fear of the Lord is upon us and we absolutely refuse to fall victim to His tricks, His tactics, and His snares. Amen? Does faith work? Does love ever fail? It never fails. I mean, didn't he say it? Didn't God say it? That love ne- say it with me. Love never fails. Say there can be no failure in love. So the love of God that's in me makes me a success as I practice it in Jesus' name. And see, that's what he's saying. I want you to provoke one another to love. Just, just go back and just, just begin again and just say, well, you know, this area over here, I, I guess I have been a little touchy. The Bible says that, that love's not touchy. You know that? Anybody found yourself touchy lately? It gets quiet when you start talking like this. You find yourself touchy lately, a little irritable? Hmm? I better ask every head about every eye closed. Anyone find yourself a little critical lately? Huh? Huh? Oh, not me. Find yourself a little critical? Find yourself a little touchy? All it is, we're rusty. See, rusty when it comes to love. I found out that if you don't preach these things continuously, then in those areas, people get rusty. Did you know that? They just get rusty. It's all of us. We just get rusty. That's why I just got to keep hitting hard on divine healing. And I've got a message here I like to preach, but I'm just not going to be able to do that. You say, well, I'm practicing my love walk. Walking in love with the Father. See? But uh, anyone find yourself uh, thinking not always the best about every person? No one's been impatient lately. And I know for a definite fact that no one's ever acted unkind in the last six months. Right? It gets awful quiet when you start talking like this. Awful quiet. God wants us to live in the realm of love. How many of you know that? God wants love to prevail in our body. And I, and I mean, I am so thankful because I believe that we are hooked up t- t- together with a, a, a bunch of loving people. And I, and I mean that. I mean, I've, I've been a lot of places and, and I've seen a lot of people, but I, I tell you, I'm just, just so overwhelmed by the love of God that's in this place. And I really mean, now that doesn't mean that everybody's perfect in the flesh. We are all dealing with our flesh. We are all dealing with this, this, this life of the suke, this emotional life that wants to, you know, do its own thing. No one ever said it was going to be an easy walk around in, in, along those lines. We have to fight the good fight of faith. But I mean to tell you, I believe that from the heart, I believe that from the heart that we just have a bunch of people that just love God and want to serve God and want to bless one another. And I'm just so thankful for that. But how many of you would agree with me that we can grow in love? How many of you would agree with me that in, individually as well as collectively we can grow in love? How many believe that if we begin to provoke one another unto love, that love then will just, just be catchy? Amen. You know, that's the whole purpose, one of the main purposes of God 
for giving the fivefold ministry is, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, and to a perfect man of the measure of the stature of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness with the lying way to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may what? May grow up into Him. But speaking the truth in love, so that we can get to the place of speaking the truth in love and grow up unto Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according unto the increase, according unto the measure of everyone coming together, uniting themselves together in love, until we work just like a, mach a machine, a piece of machinery. Together, all gears, all joints, working together, tempered in love, until that we just so fit together with one another that love causes us to grow up in, in the stature of Christ, to fulfill the will of God and growing up into Him in all things. Until the love of God just, you know, squeeze that body. Go ahead and try to squeeze that body. Go ahead and try to interfere with the work of God. Go ahead and try to interrupt their lives. Go ahead and try to overcome them. And as the devil puts the pressure on us, nothing oozes out but what? But the love of God. 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 See, that's why he gave the fivefold ministry. So that we could begin provoking one another to love. To love one another as, as he loved us. As a matter of fact, the first and foremost commandment of all is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your might. Why? So that you can be so overflowing with love that you love your neighbor as yourself. And let that love flow out of you. Under the lives of other people. And that's what's going to prevent the enemy from touching anyone. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm just going to say that we're challenged of the Lord tonight. And, and say that what we need to do is realize that we are all on the same team. And that we have all come through the same tests, trials, that our brethren throughout the world have come through. And that we have faced just as much, if not more so, opposition that as our brothers and sisters are facing out there in the world. And even though the enemy tried to destroy, to undermine, to overthrow the work of God among us and within our lives, that we have prevailed and will continue to prevail. First and foremost, but because love has found its lodging within our hearts. Now, I know that God's speaking by His Spirit to many. I just know that. And don't take it in a negative way. My brother and my sister, take it in a positive way. Because, you see, how many of you would criticize some, someone who was, uh, let's say, in a wheelchair because they're in a wheelchair? Would you criticize that person? No. No. How many of you, if you were in the days of Jesus, if you were there, would you have criticized the, the lady that was bowed over with a spirit of infirmity for all those years? Would you have criticized that person? No. But didn't Jesus say that she was that way because Satan had her bound for all these 18 years? Isn't that why she was that way? Would you have criticized her? No. Why? How many of you would have walked up to her and said, Now, sister, because you have no faith in God, you're that way. Would you have done that? Love wouldn't do that. Would love do that? Absolutely not. Love wouldn't do that. Now, listen. Because, you see, we have many, some who were hurt, but of course, like I said, throughout the body of Christ. But those who have been hurt, you see, they've been hurt because they fell victim to the snare of the enemy. They fell victim to the snare of the enemy. Of the enemy. And they didn't take heed to the warning of Jesus that said, It's impossible, but that offenses should come. But take heed unto yourselves. 
Take heed unto yourselves. Watch your spiritual life. And if thy brother trespass against thee, or has a fault, or whatever, or does something against you, he said, take heed unto yourself. And you forgive that person seven times. If he does the same thing seven times in one day, you forgive that person. See, these great apostles, these great disciples of God, they walk with Jesus, and I mean, and they said to Jesus immediately, Lord, increase our faith. I mean, they, they walked with Jesus. They saw miracles. They wrought miracles by the name of Jesus. And what did they do? The, the Bible says that they, they laid hands on the sick and they recovered. They preached the gospel. They cast out devils. But when it came to protecting their own spiritual life, they fell short and they sensed the need to have more faith to forgive their brother from the offense. You know what Jesus said? I love this response and it answers a question in my mind. He didn't say like, he didn't respond like he did in Mark eleven twenty three 23 when he taught faith. He said, if there's a mountain in your way, speak to it and tell it to be cast into the sea and don't doubt in your heart, believe what you say, come to pass, it'll happen. That's paraphrase. But he said to this, he said this to that issue. Protect your heart with all diligence from what? From the offenses of your brother or sister in the Lord. How, Lord? Take heed unto yourselves. Forgive. No, no man after the flesh. Don't see their faults. Don't see their failures. Only see them in me. They said, increase our faith. Forgive them, he said. If, if need be, seven times or 490 times a day, seven times 70. He said, but if you get caught, are you ready for it? He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'd say to the sycamine tree. See, he called bitterness, the root of bitterness, like a sycamine tree that takes root with inside the heart of an individual. And if it takes root with inside the heart of an individual, it will eventually begin to defile that person. So when one falls victim to a critical spirit or to a judgmental spirit, that will take root with inside their heart until finally it affects their mind and begins to defile them in such a way that all they do is see the faults and the failures of people. I talked to one individual who's absolutely down on Christianity. Quote the Bible to you. Talk about love is uncompromised. I mean, love is unconditional. Talk about how Christians should walk in love, but he can't stand Christians. Why can't he stand Christians? He's just had it. He's had it up to here with Christians. Why? Because he said Christians are a bunch of phonies. You see, the devil's got him hoodwinked. The devil's got him looking at Christians in the flesh, expecting every Christian to be perfect in the flesh. If you're perfect in the flesh, stand up. And then we'll pray for lying so you can get delivered. It will rise up on the inside, spring up and defile the mind until all you see See, it defiles the mind so that all we see is the faults, is the fra failures, human frailties. And then you get down on people, down on the body of Christ, down on your brother and sister. You lose confidence in that person. And then you start walking in the flesh. You know it's ugly to walk in the flesh. Did you know that? I mean, absolutely ugly. It just gets disgusting when you start walking in the flesh. Because you know who, the first person, you know, you start not to like when you walk in the flesh? Who is it? Yourself. You, you, you see yourself getting irritable and you can't stand yourself. 
You see yourself missing the mark and you can't stand yourself. And then, of course, you take it out on, on other people. You take it out on other people. And you just can't seem to get free from that. Why? Because you've allowed this thing to develop on the inside. See, this has happened. This very thing has happened. Now, I'm not saying this to point this out to all, say, well, this is happening here with everybody. I'm not talking about that. This has happened. I want us to recognize what has happened in the body of Christ and keep ourselves in a position that we don't allow it to enter into our lives. So that if we see this happening in our own individual lives, we could recognize it as the snare of the enemy, as a tool or a device of the enemy to bring destruction to the body of Christ and undermine the work of God. And also, if you find yourself in that position, you can recognize this. I have fallen from the heights of love, agape love, divine love. I have lowered myself, so to speak. I've allowed myself to fall. You know, Lucifer fell, didn't he? We know Adam fell, didn't he? They fell from the realm of love into the realm of selfishness. And you know, when you become selfish, you can't stand yourself. Did you know that? You just can't stand yourself. Why? Because you can never satisfy yourself. You know, we can't be satisfied. The desires of our flesh are insatiable. You cannot satisfy the desires of the flesh. And so you see, beloved, had people recognized this and realized this and then found out it was the work of the enemy and not back off of the Word of God, not back off of the faith message, not back off of love, but to get headstrong in it and start using what they have learned about the love of God, about the faith of God, about the Word of God, then instead of being destroyed by the work of the enemy, praise God, all those trials, all those temptations would have been bred to feed on, to grow in experience with God, to gain strength with, with God. See? And that's what he's saying right now. People have fallen from the realm of love, the higher life, to the realm of selfishness, the lower life, the root of bitterness springing up from within on the inside has caused, affected the mind so that all the mind sees, you see, in the natural realm here, the, the emotional realm here, is the faults and the failures and the mistakes of other people. And they don't realize that it's the root of bitterness defiling them even in their own thinking. It's really designed to destroy that person even in their body. They don't realize that, but it's happening. It destroys family life and it destroys marriages. It destroys, you know, family relationships, body ministries, everything else. So I just like to say, I could prophesy it, actually. But I just say, because it's on the inside of my spirit. Rise up. Lift up your heads. Because you see, the attack that came was strong. Yes, and even though it was strong, it did not prevail. No, the enemy did not gain the victory. Why? Because there's a greater strength in love. And even though you were tempted, and many were tempted to fall away, and to walk away and say, now this is not for me. Because you see, this one did this, or this one did that, and I didn't like this, and I didn't like that. And because they hung in there, and listened to the voice of the Spirit, not even recognizing at first, or understanding at first, that it was love at work, that love became stronger. That love became greater. And that love began to, began to prevail. And that love that prevailed enabled them to rise up above the attack of the enemy and cause the strength of God to flow like a mighty river, to hold back the forces of darkness that would destroy and to hurl back the enemy that would bring catastrophe and tragedy into the lives of many 
and overthrow and destroy the work of God and allow the Spirit of God to rise up big within the hearts of those who are yielded to love to keep peace and harmony and to overcome all the attack and onslaught of the enemy. So rejoice and be glad because ye have prevailed. Rejoice and be glad because, because you have prevailed. There is for thee a greater anointing. And there shall be a greater demonstration of my power and of my might. For you see, it's because of love the power of God flows. It's because of compassion the power of God flows. So rejoice and be glad knowing that as you have been tested and tempted and tried by the hand of the enemy, that your faith and love has, have carried you through. And the days that shall come and the days that lie ahead shall be a time of rejoicing, a time of shouting, a time of victory, a time of reconciliation, a time of restoration, and a time when many shall come and be washed in the blood. And many shall see the truth that shall make them free. Because ye have stood and stood and stood upon the word. And as ye stood upon the word that I have spoken, the enemy could not bring destruction. So rejoice and be glad and know that the work of the Lord is being wrought within your lives. And rejoice and be glad and know that the major part of that which the enemy has brought against you has ended and you have successfully stood against the onslaught of the enemy and the powers of darkness. Yes, and because of it there shall be unto you and given unto you a greater anointing from which you can operate. Hallelujah. And the work of the Lord shall be done. And the work of the Lord shall be done. So take heed to what has been said and listen not to what others would say. Oh, things are falling apart. Oh, things are in dismay. No, no. Take heed to that which you have heard and listen not to what others have said. But look to my word instead and begin to be one who would provoke others to love and begin to see the work of God and begin to see the power of God, and begin to see the anointing of God, and begin to see the might of God increase among you, saith the Lord. Well, that's what he's saying to us. That's what he's saying to us. Praise God, that's what he's saying to us. I, I, I see it. Reconciliation, restoration, elevated once again to the realm of love. I mean divine love, agape love, where people are just, I mean loving like never before. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, let's all stand before the Lord. I'll give you another 30 seconds. Anybody here been under the heat of temptation lately? Raise your hand if you have. <laughs> I better say if you haven't, raise your hand. Anybody here have any battles in your mind lately? Uh-huh. Anybody question whether or not your, your faith in God would work lately? Or whether it does work? Did you hear what thus saith the Lord? 
that major part is over. In other words, it was his best shot. <laughs> and you're still standing. Hallelujah! Glory to God! Glory! And you're still standing. Was his best shot? Glory to God. Well, does faith in God work? Do you believe in your confession of faith as a powerful weapon? Hallelujah. Do you believe that love never fails? It never fails. Are you dedicated to the walk of love? You're going to start your batting practice tomorrow? How about tonight, right now? Amen. You say, well, then where do I begin? I'm glad you asked that question. I am so glad that you asked that question. Because, you see, the Bible gives us a very good answer. He said, start with your enemy. Because if you can love that one, you can love anybody. Love your enemy. You say, how do I do that? Just, just what the Bible says. Do good to those that hate you. Pray for those that abuse you and use you, despitefully use you, and speak well. There's where you can start loving your enemy. Speak well. Speak well. Speak well. Speak well of those that speak evil of you. I'm excited about this. We're going to get deep into the love of God. Speak well of those that speak evil of you. Anyone speak evil of you lately? Speak well of them. Speak well of them. Speak well of them. You say, does that mean in church? It means everywhere you go. It means on a job. They speak evil of you. Speak well of them. Speak well of them. Speak well of them. Do good to those that hate you and pray. How, how many of you know that you can pray? Everyone say, I can pray. I can pray. So see, where do I start the love? Right there, I can pray. Pray for those. Anybody ever here? Anyone have you ever been used by anybody? Anyone? That's a rare thing, but I mean, has anyone? Huh? Anyone been used by? Raise your hand if someone, if, if you've been used by other people. Raise your hand up high. Uh, there's a half halfway up, you know. <laughs> and you loved it, right? Just loved it, didn't you? It was the joy. It was the highlight of your day. Right? You were just, I mean, thrilled beyond measure. Anyone been used more than once? <laughs> Raise it up super high this time. <laughs> You've been used by people. Absolutely. Well, what did he say to do? Speak ugly about them. No, he said speak well of them. He said to pray for them. You can pray for somebody. Even though they've done evil, even though they've, they've used you and abused you, you still can pray for them. Amen? You can pray for them. See, that's where love begins right there. You just start doing it. I pray for this one. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. 
If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.